Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'alif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Welcome to Ta'alif's class with Ubaidullah Evans, um, our beloved teacher teaching purification of the heart. We have Alhamdulillah made it through the entire book and we are restarting. Um, but first, I will I will introduce myself. I'm Melissa Westbrook. I am um, a board member here at Ta'lif. I'm also a participant and um, a beneficiary of the services here at Ta'lif. And uh, we we just welcome you to a new year at Ta'lif. We have uh, a lot of really really amazing programs, including the Sierra class with Shikisha Prime on. Mondays at 7.30, we're going to continue with Ubedala, this class, um, for at least another year. Um, and Aisha's class, Alhamdulillah, is also for another year. Hopefully, you guys got to tune in and catch that uh, last night. And with respect to Ubedala's class, I think they're going to mix it up a little, and they're going to have different members of the community coming in and being the counter with him. And I think that's really exciting, because we're going to have some really interesting people. And uh, tonight, I'm starting that off, and hopefully... I um, can hold my own with Vedala. I don't, sure I cannot, but at least I will present the common man's point of view here because I am, I am that. Yeah. So welcome and welcome. So the other thing we wanted to say is we made it through 2020. Our spaces are still not quite open yet, unfortunately, but um, inshallah soon. And we, um, we will be having even more new programming. The other thing that um, Tatlip has done is we spent a really significant amount of time last year with our new board and um, drafting and implementing new policies and training around new policies. Those are available on our website. That's a very serious issue for us, of course, at Tatlip. And um, we continue to look into best practices and just improvement for everybody's experiences and everybody's safety. And, and you know, we wanted to invite you and welcome to check those out on our website. And you know, that's another part of our new year. So um, inshallah, we'll have a, a lot of really wonderful programming coming up. And we hope you all can join us. Um, and I think with that, we can get started. I want to say welcome to Vedula. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for having me. I, I know we're covering this book. I'm going to show you a copy of my book. Dog ears. Dog, this is my second copy. I love, I had one more marked up that I left on the plane. I, when I actually was love when books look like that because know, that's a sign it, that they're, right? they're being used. They're not, you know, because especially like Islamic, like traditional Arabic books, if like when they're like voluminous. Yeah. You can put them together yes, and they make beautiful. actually very good interior yes, decor. decor. You see the books and you see the, <laughs> but when you see a book that looks like that, that means <laughs> the book is being read, it, notes are being taken, the book is being ruminated upon, reflected uh, upon. A hundred percent. That's how a book is supposed to look. I was you know? thrilled that you guys, when I found out you were teaching this class about a year, maybe it was a year ago, mm -hmm. I was so excited because you are one of my favorite teachers, oh alhamdulillah, my and this is one of my favorite books. Worse. This is one worse. of my favorite books, and um, I I feel super honored to be here with you. I don't, I'm not worthy. I know that that's fine, no, but no, no. I am going I. to try it to. I, I am going to try to represent the kind of new convert voice and maybe. Mm. Um, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I might I might mean dumb it down if I could say it more eloquently. No, I, I think um, it was really important to me that we could do 
this book this way the second time around. Um, I think um, it's very easy for teachers, scholars, um, presenters, researchers to fall in love with their own voice mm -hmm. so that when they teach, it just becomes this kind of soliloquy. You know, they're just talking. It's almost like when they start speaking, the lights dim and you know, we're not able in that way to tap into our collective capital as a community, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, in terms of our uh, very unique experiences. Yeah. So I came to Ali and I said, uh, I want to do the book again, but I don't want to do it in the same way that I did it before. I think that might become uh, redundant. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a limited resource in terms of the stories that I know, the connections that I'm able to make within the material. But if we get another person to actually sit in with me, I think what we can develop collectively, will, will it will be the product of a great synergy and conversation. And he said, what about um, Sister Melissa Westbrook? You know, to have the first conversation, I was elated. Because, you know, I was elated. And I said, this, for me, uh, is what I'm talking about. Because, you know, if we need to state the obvious, there are some differences about me and Melissa, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see them, but maybe somebody, you know, but, no, but, 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 but the thing that we have in common is that we're deeply inspired by this tradition. We believe in this faith and we both have hearts. We both have hearts. You know, I once heard a, um, a quote uh, and it said, every act of beauty Every act of kindness, every act of humanity comes from a human heart. Mm. And similarly, every act of vileness, every act of inhumanity, every act of barbarity also comes from a human heart. So when we look at people, and I think especially now with all of the identity stuff kind of in the extreme, sometimes we forget that with all of these externalities, Internally, we all have hearts and we all should be working to purify those hearts. I mean, and I think the heart is a really central theme for me in terms of my conversion. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm not going into this conversion yeah. story. But I would never actually uh, tell you a conversion story. Converse don't do that to each other. I do not mind. It doesn't bother me at all, but I, I don't want to bore anybody. But I will say it was central here and maybe why this book mm. is relevant to me because I, I definitely was very Western-focused, Western-raised, Western-focused. Sure, sure. And As was I. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I do know it was in this space, in that room, in the very first class that I went to when I was just exploring the space, Mm. And not in a way of intending to convert, mm. in fact, intending not to convert, but just explore. Like I had a friend and I was exploring just to yeah. educate myself. Not, not at all. There mm. was absolutely no way I would mm. have even considered. And Ali Dia was teaching the being Muslim class. And it really, and I've said this story since so getting old, but it was like, he spoke and it was like this lightning bolt, like to my heart. Mm. That is what I thought. I almost was like speechless when I left because mm. I, I thought to myself, this is how thought I think people should be like this he is saying what I think mm. should be and it really was all around my heart and it was like an ice break like I, I almost like had developed like ice around my heart not sure. that I was mean or I hope I hope yeah. I wasn't but well, I think Gemma is here so yeah, can, you know we, <laughs> my, my daughter's here so let's, <laughs> luckily it's not my teenage daughter it's a little one who's still nice so she's probably not gonna call me out but it was like this through my heart and so mm. for me like 
it was in, in fact coming to Islam was like this melty softening of my heart and mm. and it started at Ta'lif which is you know why I think I, I have such a debt of gratitude because it really awoke my heart and softened my heart and also I think why this book appeals to me so much because the themes in here are almost like turning from a non-Islamic heart to an Islamic heart or once you have an Islamic heart going back in and like hey let's do a little heart checkup right definitely mm-hmm. so before you became Muslim before you converted to, to, to Islam you know did you have any familiarity with the idea of like your heart purifying it uh, making sure that it was clean or was it just like kind of like be a good person yeah. and kind of do unto others as you would have them do unto you? 100%. It was. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any idea of considering your heart, protecting your heart, purifying your heart. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any of that. No, that was really Islamic knowledge that I gained here. That was the same. It was for, like for me, the reason why this book resonated with me uh, so deeply is because um, I was um, struck by the mode of expression being used. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think I ever really thought about my heart. Right. I don't, you know, although I, I did think about my heart as more than just like an organ for circulating blood sure. or yeah. pumping blood throughout my body. But I thought about it like I would memorize something by heart or I thought about it as kind of the seat of my emotions. Yeah, you can feel things, I right? I can feel can things feel in things, my heart, yeah. but I never thought like, purify clean protecting uh, protect um because i don't think i thought about it as the center of my being Mm -hmm. i think i thought about my brain yes of course as the center of my being and so i did think like protect my mind Mm. um purify my thoughts yes um um monitor my thoughts you know, because we used to say, monitor your thoughts yeah. because your thoughts become your habits. Watch what you're thinking. Watch what you're thinking. Watch what you're thinking. And this book kind of, you know, shifted a lot of that focus for me. Kind of, you no, know, but also watch what you're feeling and watch mm. what you're doing. Mm. Not just what you're thinking. And so I think in that way, it was a, a very um, useful kind of shift away from uh, kind of this, I think, overly cerebral so an identification with your with your mind as your identity and, and right as and opposed to like exact reason and rationale mm-hmm. and to something I think now of course I'm a little biased because I'm Muslim yeah. but <laughs> but <laughs> something that I think is actually a little more accurate in terms of this is what really makes you you mm-hmm. right the heart it's the yeah. seat of emotion feeling thoughts as well yeah. um, but much more important traits and characteristics. Mm-hmm. Honesty, virtue, temperance, balance, being okay with, um, uh, with, with blame if you've done something wrong, right. removing hatred, mm. things of that sort. That was like, I need, I need this book. I need this, this science. That's how I felt. And this book is, I think, personally, I think one of the reasons I like it is um, when you're new to the religion, you're pretty unsophisticated in, in, in the religion is this beautiful, complex world, right? And so when you join it, you're really a baby in the world of the knowledge. Of knowledge. So you go to hear speakers such as yourself and, and scholars and Jake's like you, and you do, you, it's engaging and interesting, but sometimes hard to access. But this mm-hmm. book I found very, very practical. And in fact, 
every, I hate to admit this. I'm going to admit this. I'm going to admit this. I hate to admit it. Every single time I would come to a chapter, like for example, false hopes, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, good. Thank God. This one's going to be easy. I don't know. Or jealousy. I'm not a jealous person. So I'd be like, oh, good. Oh, thank God. I get a little break. Right. (laughs) Sure enough. A couple sentences in, I'm like, oh, I do have to work on that too. There wasn't a single chapter that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good there. Well, that, well that, that's actually kind of the first step to benefiting from a book like this is you have to think about yourself. Mm. Um, you know, one of my teachers, he said to me, a, a manifest sign of misguidance is that when you hear something that should be a reminder to you, you think about somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like you would read something about honesty or false hope or about jealousy. And if you think, I wonder if Ubay knows that one. You know, or I, I, maybe I should inbox him. I, wa- I wonder if he's ever read this before. I should send him a little clip of this. Clip of this. I wonder if he knows that. That that's a manifest sign of misguidance. Mm. That actually the first person you think about always is yourself. And someone once came to Aisha, may God be pleased with her. And he said, oh, mother of the believers, how will I know that I'm righteous? She said, you will know that you are righteous when you know that you are sinful. Mm. And then he said, so how will I know that I'm sinful? You will know that you are sinful when you know that you are righteous. Mm. Right? You know, so this idea of looking not to correct other people or, you know, thinking about, you know, the the overbearing uh, Muslim in my uh, network. How can I, you know, change his behavior? But thinking first and foremost about myself. Right. How can I, how can I experience some transformative lasting abiding change in my own life you know what i'm saying right and again like i think this book is practical with respect to that because it doesn't just say hey here's a couple practical examples of whether you have this potential this particular disease in your heart but here's also the cure and they're really it's really a practical book and i very hands-on yeah very hands-on and Mm -hmm. i i use it and think about it a lot all the time yeah. And I also like the fact that you can bring it, I bring it on business trips all the time. This is why it looks like this, <laughs> because you can just pick up a chapter and read it really quickly, just a little tune up. And that's the other <laughs> thing too, that, you know, people, you know, we want people to tune in regularly, mm-hmm. but even if you can't make each successive class, every class is a unit unto itself. Right. It's a standalone unit. You don't have to, if you missed a week, you're not going to be lost when we restart. Right. Yeah, right. No. So you can pick it up really from anywhere. You can kind of open it randomly almost to anywhere mm-hmm. and just kind of begin reading, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to look at some aspects of the first chapter, right? Because, you know, I don't know if I'll get a chance to speak with you again next week. I, I certainly hope so. But um, while here, I do want to look at some of the lines of the poem and just get your take on what oh, you yeah. think about it. I would about love that, to. Right? I would love to. So... Right from the beginning, you know, uh, Rahim, in the name of God, the Beneficent, the Merciful, uh, you know, uh, Imam Mawlud, uh, who was the author of this book. And another thing, too, one more thing, one more, one more point on the, on the sidebar before Please. we get into it. Isn't it amazing how a work written in such a different time, a, such a different place, it actually illustrates what I was saying earlier about the commonality of the struggle of, of, of hearts. You know, this was written by somebody in a context very different from our own. Um, and yet the words are still so relevant. They're still oh, sure. so it's applicable. It's, it's, and it's so, I find this to be 
if you're looking right these are this is the wisdom of islam and mm-hmm. allah's greatness right you mm-hmm. you are like look what i'm looking at and this resonates with me on my daily life which is completely different right and and wow Mm-hmm. there's wisdom all the way through it right all the way all through the way it. it all the way through it you know i once read a quote i think it was from um this american scholar and academician um Sayyid hussein nasser mm-hmm. and he said that if you study in a good american college or university especially in you know uh, a humanities department one of the human sciences you will be left with an understanding of humanity that they are so different everybody is so different that the idea that there could be one transcendent truth that's applicable to all humanity will just be folly to you at the end of your studies right i mean you'll do so much to like historicize and and understand everything in a particular context that the idea that there's a truth with a capital t becomes just folly but us being able to read from this book honestly just reading it from it honestly as people in 2021 which is when i say that i feel like i'm in a science fiction i know movie to say you know it's 2021 you know <laughs> i feel like you know um george jetson or yeah. something like that just to say it's 2021 right um you know and to be reading this book and and actually um deriving benefit and 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 taking great meaning from it I think is a is a testament to truth. Right. It's true. It's right. not it yes our understanding is calibrated by time but it's not conditioned by time. It's true. Right? Well, uh, absolutely because this thread is still relevant and it has traveled through time and mm-hmm. been relevant in different generations to different mm-hmm. groups of people and that is a testament to its truth. Absolutely. The fact that it's absolutely. still relevant. Right? Absolutely. So he begins and he says I begin by starting with the heart of beginnings. for it is the highest and noblest of beginnings the first thing and i want to see like how did you feel about this he said have courtesy with god the high and the majestic by practicing modesty and humility what is that how, how like have courtesy with god mm-hmm. what do you think of when you when you read that have courtesy or when you hear that or maybe you've never thought about it i think i think of it in terms of how you walk in the world and how mm. you are in the world and i think prior to becoming muslim i didn't think about my impact in the world the way that i do now right mm. and so uh, this is a dumb example which are the uh, ones i'm going to no give no dumb example so if we would go to a, a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. i would obviously clean up my table not rude right. but then i'd look back and if there was a straw there straw like uh, you know I'd walk out now mm-hmm. I really make an uh, this is a ridiculous example but just in a way that I'm more conscious now I I would never leave that and I've taught my children to mm-hmm. um to be really aware and to be thinking you know someone's going to have to pick that up right so it it has and this is only from being Muslim right I I obviously mm-hmm. I had some level of sure. of lightness before but it wasn't to the standard that I hold myself to now mm-hmm. which is it's my job to show respect for god's creation and to consider mm-hmm. everybody's job and my making the world harder for people or easier for people absolutely and i think that is it is you know my respect of what has been ordered to me from god mm. right so that's how i i think of it it's a, it's kind of practicing a religion in really small ways and showing no, that no i think i think that's very beautiful this idea that 
my religious conviction is not just about kind of, you know, worship and devotion, but it's about my walk, which is a very Christian way of, you know, mm -hmm. like my, you know, how, like, mm -hmm. you know, Christians, they talk about like a Christian walk. Yes. Right. But Muslims could also talk about a Muslim walk because, you know, there's the verse, uh, the servants of the merciful who walk with humility mm. upon the earth. Right. That, you know, our walk should be one of humility. That, you know, the defining, and some people have argued, the defining characteristic of the Muslim in terms of character is humility. 100%. Right? 100%. And I think that has changed significantly for me in converting mm -hmm. just because it's a, it is something that's taught strongly. But I think that before, I think I, if I did something or accomplished something, I was like, oh, I'm proud of myself. Now I, I do realize that everything comes from God, mm -hmm. bad and good. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. of course I put forth effort, but he's allowed me to put forth effort, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, think, I think it really changes how you are in the world. But I will say that this, that the teachings of Islam and the fact that I started doing these things that were more, where I was more conscious of well, how I walked on the earth mm -hmm. had this effect of like really um, increasing myself, my own self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. wow. I looked at myself different. I was like, I'm a better person than I was, you know, I'm a better mm -hmm. person than I was. And I'm more aware of my, you know, before I think I was just, you know, I would leave something and not a big mess at a table. This is again, a, a silly example, but there are many of these. I think, it's, I think it's a beautiful example. Well, that's nice of you. But I think, I think I, I started saying, wow, all those years that I left, I made the world a little bit harder for other people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. not my job now. My mm -hmm. job is to try to bring light and love and ease as much as I can, right? And so I think this is not for me. It's from, you know, coming to Tetley, coming to your classes, not wow. just here, but otherwise, and learning from you. I, I really am so grateful. And, and I think, and Islam, right? And Allah. So I think, it had this benefit of like, hey, you do these little things, mm -hmm. they actually hold yourself in higher esteem because you're actually acting better in the world. You are mm. a better person. Yeah. And I conveyed this to my son, who's not Muslim. Um, mm -hmm. And I was actually gonna begin the class by calling you Um Cooper, <laughs> mother of Cooper. <laughs> that's, that's what I am. Um, so Coop, I explained it to him. I was like, you know what? Here's this thing that I started doing when I became Muslim because mm -hmm. I started becoming aware of my impact on the world and how I was my actions were maybe harming or making things more difficult for others. And I needed to be more aware of that and more responsible. Mm -hmm. And he kind of scoffed when I said it. Yeah. And then. <laughs> when you're 18, is there any other reaction other than scoffing? You right. Know? And then I started noticing him doing it. I started noticing him doing it when we were oh, at restaurants wow. or otherwise I started noticing him going the extra mile to do something, going the extra mile to like mm, clean up something. And he beautiful. said to me, you were right. I feel way more self-confidence over doing this because I'm doing the right thing. Wow. Yeah, that's was, that's really beautiful. That. May God increase cool in every way. I mean, Guide him to the path of his mommy. I mean, I mean, mom said that. And just keep him close to us, man. You know, um, so we, we're, we're eager to see him. his growth, his progress, his development, uh, and what he ends up contributing and adding to the world. That's yeah. going to be really cool. The Shut other up. part of that statement that really jumped out to me was have courtesy with God. Mm. Like, you know, that the relationship between us and God is not like one of like, uh, are you in the, the plus column or the minus column, good, bad, and there's this tally, mm. but courtesy is something you observe with people you respect, you admire, you love. When you think about like courtesy, manners, it's not like 
what's required of me um, or, you know, what my obligation is. Right. Rather, it's like, this is an expression of I, my, my esteem for you yes. or my regard for you as I want to use courtesy. A funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. I converted to Islam and I was in high school. I was still in high school. I was very young when I converted to Islam, which is, which is, which is when I think about it now, uh, it's crazy, you know? So, because it, I'm, I'm thankful, but sometimes I think, um, no, no, no young man should be that serious. <laughs> you know, when I think about, when I think about, when I think about how serious I was, you know, I mean, I was, I mean, I was very serious. I was very serious as a young man. Uh, but I guess I've balanced it because I'm a silly adult. You see what I'm saying? Uh, but in any, in any respect, um, I converted to Islam and I had a lot of different interests. I was interested in a lot of different spiritual traditions, religious traditions. I was interested in music, art, philosophy. I, I was young. I had everything going on up there. And a lot of the Muslims that I met, they were trying to kind of like really like plant that, that, that love of like orthodox religion in my heart, right? Mm. So once there was this older brother who lived here in Chicago named Dawood Salahuddin, the old, an older man, African-American convert to Islam from Philadelphia, a former jazz musician, mm. right? And he had traveled all over the world, you know, uh, he was, a, I believe he was a drummer and he had collected, you know, uh, keepsakes and books and, him into his house for the time it was like okay this is the kind of islam i like it's eclectic it's cool it's yeah, worldly yeah, yeah, you know yeah. but i lost my mind is how one of these things i'm getting at it i'm taking a shelf you know but in retrospect he did shoot me a like kind of like a side glance like did they get you from Brookfield Zoo right. or Lincoln Park Zoo? <laughs> which, which zoo? You know what I'm saying? But I was so, I think it was like a euphoric thing. Like, I'm like, I found somebody that understands me. Right, you know? right. And he had this amazing jazz collection. I mean, live record. I mean, it was crazy, right? Yeah. And so when they finally, and he had a, this is the, the craziest part. He had a chair that only he sat in, but I didn't know. Oh no. So I came in, sat in the chair, and I'm just looking, yeah, man, this is. <laughs> Finally, people told me that, oh, that's his chair, that's his chair, that's his chair, right? And so he sits down, and they say, that will we have this new young Muslim here. And he had been Muslim at that time for over like 35, 40 years. He said, maybe you could give him some advice. And he's since passed on, may God have mercy on his soul. Maybe you could give him some advice. Dawood said, advice? Yeah, I can, I can offer some advice. He said, Islam is all about manners. Mm. Now, I'm getting the hint at this point. I'm like, manners, okay, that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Islam is all about manners. Mm. He said, strive to have manners with God. Right? Not, not so much just doing what he said and not doing what he didn't say, or not doing what he said, but have manners with God. He said, strive to have manners with the prophet, mm. peace be upon him. You know, his name is mentioned, try to say peace be upon him, right? He said, we have to have manners with our families. 
We have manners with our wives. We have manners with our best I can best and he looked at I expect you to have manners. <laughs> Did you get it at the time or no? No. Not when he later. said as a guest, now look at the the when you talk about like a good word. He said, as a guest, I expect you to have manners. He didn't like fix his glance on me like you. Yeah. yeah. Because I would have, I think that if he did It would have shamed you, yes. It would have shamed me. Yeah. And I might have been scared sure. to even like come into Muslim gatherings after that. Sure. He held, it was like, when I think about it, it was poetic almost. Mm -hmm. He held it for just long enough. Yeah. I expect you to have manners. That I knew, uh-oh. But not but, enough to shame you. But no, but I wasn't embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And afterward, I apologized and said, you know, sir, thank you for having me in your home, sir. Oh, and I, I probably lost my mind a bit because your home is so cool, you know. And you felt this connection, right? And I, and yeah. I felt this connection given your history and some of my interests. And he said, oh, don't worry about it. But that was the first place that I heard this idea of having manners. This was your first adab lesson, right? That was my first, first lesson about courtesy. Yeah. And you still remember it. And I still remember it. And that was... 21 years And think ago. about how he showed Adab to you in teaching you. In the teaching first, me, right? Yeah. So it's like, and that's, you know, a very important part of this book. And this is why I think I'm an unworthy teacher. Mm. Uh, is you can't talk about the sunnah or the, like the way of the prophet. But if, if you're not doing it in the way of the prophet. Right. So he taught me about manners, but that's with, right. you know, yeah. manners, with by, courtesy. By, by showing you. By showing me practice. a practice of courtesy. You know, he didn't embarrass me. I'll, I'll never forget that, yeah. you know. And, I, and I, try to, I try to have, as much as I can, um, you know, just manners. Just manners mm -hmm. in terms of, like you said, my walk. You know, very, very important. So the second thing that I, I have to get your take on is, you know, because you already talked about humility and, and humbled in awe, you know, imploring him. Then he says, by giving up your designs for God's designs right? Emptied of covetousness or, or, or like this desire mm. for what he's given other people. Right. Like, how does that, how does that hit you? What do you, what do you think about that? It hits me in a major way. I was actually just discussing this today because I think this, and this, I think is particular to converts, but mm. maybe, maybe it's not, I don't want to be too presumptuous to say, um, to act like we have it so much harder or anything, mm. but I do think when you're raised sort of in the way of the Western world, one of the things at least I, I struggle with and I've seen other converts struggle with is that we are taught right from early on sort of, first of all, go out and make something of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Money is, is, a, is a very important sure. striving factor and a, yeah. six, a measure of success. Yeah. Whereas sometimes a lot of times in the Muslim world is sort of are, how much have you helped other people? Not that, mm -hmm. that it's not great to be you know successful but mm -hmm. um, for others, but but that's a big, you know, abiding factor in the Western world is go. But the other thing is that we're really taught to make things happen, right? Make it happen. Mm, make, it happen. make it happen. Make it happen. And so part of, of what I've had to change mm -hmm. in, and I think this is really difficult, is to let go of the outcome, right? Mm. Do your, you see something you don't like and you know you can exert effort to to do your best, mm -hmm. but then let it go and, and let God's outcome mm -hmm. be the mm -hmm. one and accept it. Mm -hmm. And that like cutting it off at the time where you're striving towards something and mm -hmm. saying, okay, I've done, 
And now I can't be invested in it because I continue to be like, no, I can, you know, yeah. I have to remind myself, no, actually, actually, it isn't up to you, the result. Mm -hmm. You have an obligation mm -hmm. to take, make an effort mm -hmm. to shake the, pond, the date tree, to there tie you your camel, camel. And then. But you just, you have to learn to swim, you know. You're not generating the current. Exactly. You have to, exactly. you have to learn to swim with the current. Exactly. You know, do any of you fish? You fish? Is it salmon or mackerel or what, 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 what fish swims against the current? Salmon. Salmon. You can't be, can't be, you can't, you can't be a can't salmon be a anymore. Salmon. Can't be a salmon in the world. But that's a big change from a Western way of being raised, mm -hmm. which is you go make it happen. You, mm -hmm. your effort is what gets you the results. Exactly. Whereas when you become Muslim, you learn, yes, you are required to make effort. You can't just mm -hmm. sit around, but you need to detach from the result and be grateful, whatever it is, mm -hmm. whether it's, it's not the result you wanted. You are grateful and you see how it comes out and you accept. Mm -hmm. And I, I, of course, like I always think of the ant on the Oriental carpet, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> you are the one who told me that one. And I, it's one of my favorites. And I do think of that all the time. I think when things are really hard, which they often are in life, mm -hmm. that's life. I'm in it. I'm in the design, right? I'm in the mm -hmm. blue. I'm in the purple. I'm in the white. I'm like, who made this crazy rug? Uh -huh. And I have to remind myself, I'm not the designer of the carpet. Yes. Not the designer of the carpet. Yes. I can't yes. see the whole plan. You can't see the whole plan. I can't you see just the whole plan. See the, the part that, that 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 you can see actually. Right. Right. The part that you're focused on. You know, I also thought that statement easier said than done. It's hard. You know, it's hard because I think part of what makes us uh, human is that we are willful creatures. Mm. You know, my given name is Will. I mean, <laughs> Which is an indication this is really hard for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we are, uh, you know, willful creatures. You know, I, I, you know, for a long time, you know, as soon as maybe 10 minutes ago, um, as recent as 10 minutes ago, you know, I pride myself on being able to make it happen. You know, like yeah. if, I, if I want it, I'm going to really push for it and give it my all. And I think, you know, uh, as Westerners, we're reared in that way. You know, we've, we've, we've been raised on uh, tales of singular genius and perseverance. Rags to riches, self-made man. Self-made man. And, mm -hmm. you know, I said, when you, when you read or, or watch too many biopics and read all of these autobiographies with this kind of heroic, you know, man of action kind of tone, you begin to see yourself in that, you know, in that way. Totally. And Islam is about submitting doesn't mean that you become a fatalistic person and just, oh, it's all up to, no, no, you have to make your effort, but recognize you're that ant on the rug, mm -hmm. that you're not the rug maker That's right. and you can't see the entire design. So learning to be content with what God has decreed for you um, and giving up your plan for his plan. Exactly. Right. This is, I think, you know, a major, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking? It, if one can do this, this is a major source of relief and the alleviation of stress, etc. Right? It is, but it is a constant practice, right? It mm -hmm. is a cons. I have to constantly, like, I really want certain outcomes to happen, and you know, it's a law's will, and mm -hmm. you have to remember that. Mm -hmm. And for for me, having not been raised Muslim, and I do think poor Muslims do this better, or people that have been converts longer. For me, I'm still, I still wrestle with that. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you need to do what you in your heart 
believe is the right thing and have done as much effort as you should that you mm-hmm. can answer to God that that was the right amount of effort. And then you need to let it go and let God's will be. Just, you know, you know, my grandmother used to say, let go and let God. Exactly. Right. Because sometimes I think that, you know, there's this uh, reluctance to let go mm-hmm. because maybe we don't think that we're in good hands. Sure. We think that, you know, as, as long as I maintain even the perception that I'm in control, I feel safe. Right. Right. But if I were to release or relinquish that control, I might feel like I'm in danger or uh, something is in jeopardy or I just don't feel as secure or confident. And it's a measure of your trust in God, right? Which is, mm-hmm. is something that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. So you you don't want to go through something bad. You don't want to suffer. It's really hard. For and I, I know, I don't know that I originated the saying. I probably didn't, but I've always said I went through something really, really hard about five years ago, and it was the worst thing that has ever happened to me and it ended up being the best thing that and you could not have convinced me at the time Mm -hmm. that there was any good in it at all and five years later I'm like alhamdulillah like thank you God for that and it was such and so that is a perfect example of a time where you can look back and say you got a little view of the design of the carpet right you're like oh Uh, God's got this this is a great design just just, you know it's like just believe Mm -hmm. that you are in very good hands you know, and I think that that much, much easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. The other part of this statement that really like struck me was like, don't be desirous of what God has given other people. Right. Like, don't be desirous of what God has given other people, which is very hard. You know, mm-hmm. there's this one hadith uh, of the prophet, peace be upon him. A man came to him and he said, oh, messenger of God, tell me something that if I did it, God would love me and people would love me. Now, one of the lesser talked about aspects of this tradition that I just love is that the prophet didn't like scold him from wanting to be loved by people. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, well, look, if God loves you, who cares what the people, who cares right, what they right, think right. about you, right? He said, no, okay. He said, oh, you bring that this way. Oh, I get to get the, 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 the famous. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Right. the famous, okay. Okay. That means of, of our <laughs> session or the whole session? Okay. 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 So you need, yeah, you, you got to be a little more precise, Amir. Uh, okay. I'm just saying. Got a newbie. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so he said, tell me something. If I did it, God would love me and people would love me. And he said, if you, he said, is had fit dunya, yuhibkallah, which means in Arabic, um, be moderate in your pursuit of the world. Mm and God will love you, right? And of course, that's a relative statement. You know, my moderation might not be sure. someone else's moderation. I mean, as far as two thirds of the world is concerned, America's moderation is excessive, right? Absolutely, yeah. But, but personally, don't go for the gusto in this world. Don't live in this world as if there's nothing else, mm-hmm. right? Don't be a person that like- Takes, you, takes, takes everything off t- the table. Because, yeah. you know, because, you know, like, I once saw like a license plate border. It said, he who dies with the most toys wins. Mm. 
when I th- whenever I think of, whenever I read this uh, statement of the prophet peace be upon him, I think about that license license plate border. Like, don't be that. Right. Right. Don't be that. <laughs> and God will love you. Right. right. Don't be that, man. Don't 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 treat this world like this is all there is. There's nothing else in it. And then he said, "Izhad fi ma in the nas, nas." He said, "And don't be so concerned about what other people have been given by God." Meaning, be a person that people can express their joy in front of right. you, or people can enjoy the good things they have in front of you, or people can express their talent in front of you without any fear that you're jealous or right. that you're envious or and people will love you. I mean, isn't that a beautiful, so beautiful. you know, that to be the kind of person that somebody can tell you about being promoted at work and they're not worried, like, she's jealous or is right, he going right. to be upset or, you know, that will make people love you. I mean, I was actually just having this conversation with Gemma today. Mm-hmm. Hi, Gemma. <laughs> Gemma has, has come along. Um, and I, we were talking, and I think it's relevant in the way that we were discussing uh, friends and girls and how sometimes it can be girls can be difficult especially when they're younger sometimes. I have a 15 year old yeah, soon to be yeah, 15 yeah, year old <laughs> you know. so um not that Gemma's difficult but I was saying you know make sure that you pay attention you should have friends that are completely um joyful for you when you yes. have a success and you yes. should be completely joyful for them you want friends that celebrate you and that not everybody's like that so just beware and don't choose those friends you know mm-hmm. you, not that you can't still be nice to them just surround yourself with people that are thrilled with your successes and you be thrilled for theirs exactly that's so important i Mm. I find that something of that has like eroded Mm. the more competitive our culture has become whether it's professional cultures or academic or scholastic Mm. cultures with this competition you find that there's less of that like genuine happiness for each other like I'm, I'm whatever you, you know, I'm, I'm really, really um, joyous at your success. Right. Right. People are, I don't know. It's like a model of scarcity, mm. right? And you've obviously taken, you know, three of the five success tablets that are available. Well, <laughs> no, actually, there, God has given us a lot. You, there's abundant, enough like, for no, everybody to be exactly, joyful. Exactly. 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 You know, I think about that often. That you know, some people treat your success as though it's limiting their opportunity yeah. to be successful. Okay. So, if he succeeded, then I guess no. I guess I'm out. Well, yeah, it no, doesn't, no. It doesn't you work have like to that. have a, a mindset yeah. of abundance. Yeah. Yes. That person can be successful and self-actualized and happy, and you can too. That's right. And here, um, the prophet, peace be upon him, was saying that is the key to actually having those bonds of affection with mm. people. It's not being that 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 jealous, envious uh, person. No, you should and love people really and be happy for their successes. I, I think you, it makes you richer. Absolutely. And so then he continues. He says you know, hasten to fulfill God's commands and be wary of the subtle encroachment of bad manners. That's a, that was a tricky one for me when I first read it. It's like the subtle encroachment of bad manners. Um, I, what, what did you think about that? I think it's, to me, I think it's a little bit like laziness. I think I might struggle a little bit with laziness in the mm-hmm. sense that... Mm-hmm what are you wearing to pray? What are you, you know, what mm-hmm. are, what are, are you just going to be lean? I'm pretty mm-hmm. like a oh, path of least resistance. And I think that can be 
lean into bad manners, right? Mm-hmm. With others and mm-hmm. with God. Like, oh, I don't want to go do, I don't want to take this person home after I just got home. Oh, uh-huh. I don't want to, like, I could yeah. go home, I could be home in five minutes. Yeah. Or I could take this person home 30 minutes. Um, and I think you might, you can reason with yourself, be like, oh, that, you could take an Uber. You know, like, there's, mm-hmm. you know, these, mm-hmm. this subtle, like, laziness that is are like bad manners that just creeps in then pretty soon that's more of your behavior more it, of your it, behavior it becomes it it, it, it mm-hmm. progresses it's very um it's very aggressive like right. it begins small but the chasm widens right. and widens and widens until you might be un- unrecognizable to yourself yeah, yeah. you, you know, stop holding yourself point. accountable you start letting yourself get away with more things mm-hmm. more bad manners you're farther away from god at that point right you're, absolutely yeah. you know like um, one of my uh, elders, you know, he would always tell me, when you pray, like you make your, your five uh, daily prayers, always ask God for something. So it might be bad manners not to. Mm. I mean, could you imagine standing in the court of a generous, beneficent king and that king asking you, ask of me anything you want. And you say, no, I'm good. No, no, no. Never mind. Hey, don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Don't worry about you know that could be like an affront to that king's generosity, sure. his munificence. Like, no, I, I'm, you do know who I am, right? I can, right. I can give. <laughs> are you sure you just want to walk out that door? You don't want to ask me for anything. No, no, I'm cool, man. I think, um, I think I'll just go see the guy on eBay. <laughs> you know what I'm like, okay. You know, I, you know, I, I once heard a person, um, they said a quote that it, it left me with just a really eerie feeling. You know, uh, he said, whoever chooses a path to God will be aided in that, in that, in that choice. They'll be aided upon that path. But whoever chooses a path other than God will be left alone on that path. Mm. And that it's, that, it's that distance, that loneliness. Sure that is actually worse than the path that, you, that you've chosen. Sure, yeah. You know? Yeah, you think you're, you're choosing something that benefits you and it's easier and the end, it's emptier. Right? It's emptier. It's like, yeah. you know, but, but like watching those subtle encroachments of bad manners, like things that, yes, they're small in and of themselves. It's like, okay, that's not the biggest deal, right? Mm. It's like, you know, okay, I prayed and I, you know, I'm, I'm not completely attentive and maybe yeah. I'm a little like slovenly yeah. put together or whatever, but it kind of grows and grows and grows and it can become more of you than you want it to. Right, right. You know, one of my um, good friends who is particular about things, I, you know, I, I, I probably, if I wasn't being charitable, I probably would label him neurotic, <laughs> you know, oh, about, okay. about lots of, you know, just, All right. just has this neurotic <laughs> obsession with certain things. And one day I asked him, I said, why are you so particular about small things? He says, I find that, you know, and I don't, and I, I'm sure he didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable, right? He said, I find that being particular about mundane things makes it easier to be particular about meaningful things. Hmm. And if I'm less particular about money, like, you know, I don't mind if my house is clean or uh, dirty. I don't mind if, you know, my grass is cut or not cut. I don't mind if my bills are paid on time or late. I don't, I find that that kind of haphazard attitude begins to enter into my life in other places mm. that might be more significant than my grass, more significant than my, the upkeep of my home. It's interesting that he had 
been so thoughtful about making those choices. Yeah. He was holding himself to task for small things so that he the big things were covered. Were covered. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's kind of watching those subtle encroachments. Yeah. Like if I just start treating my space like, oh, whatever, I might start treating other things. Yeah. like Without oh, noticing. Without noticing. Yeah. But if I'm careful about, you know, small things, then by necessity, I'll be careful about about bigger things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Something here, here it comes again. Here, here it comes. We keep making here him get up. Here it comes. We should get here him like comes. a little whiteboard. Okay. Oh, here, baby. Okay. Okay. I got it. Um, another thing I wanted to get your your take on is this this uh, couplet of if you the show aspirant. Your attribute. You will then be assisted with something of the attributes of God, right? Be eternally sought after, right? Um, when I first heard that, I thought about this quote that said, if you commit yourself to practicing what you know of this religion, mm -hmm. right? We, you know, sometimes we overcomplicate matters, sure. right? If we just, like the things we've been talking about, right? try to be a good person, right? try to make things easier for people. Try to spread love, spread light. Sure. Try not to be jealous or envious of what anyone else has. If you can do these things, God will teach you things that you do not know. Right? So if you can practice what you know, mm -hmm. God will teach you things you don't know. And the reason that resonated with me is I think sometimes when we think about spirituality, and I think, you know, everything with us is sensational. You know, yeah. we think like, you know, I want to be, you know, seven years in Tibet. I want to, I want to levitate. I want to, I want to walk on water. I want to, I want to know the secrets of the life of the spirit and the unseen. And it's like, look, hold your horses, man. Just try to be an upright person. Mm -hmm. Try to be regular in your, your devotion. Right. Try to be a better father, a better mother. You know, a better son, a better daughter, a better husband, a better wife, a better brother. Like, let's let's start there, and then I, what I, you know, derive from this this verse, some of those more, you know, momentous, grand spiritual realities will be will be offered to you. Sure, actually. I mean, I think God will increase you. You're making an effort. Mm -hmm. And you master, and this is, I think, critical for, for the comfort community or um, for Muslims that are sort of have uh, gotten some distance away from practicing regularly and then are re-coming re back into it, um, to start small and not judge yourself on mm -hmm. being at the finish line. You're, you can't start at the finish line, it's right? It's, it's impossible. You have to start at the beginning and be gentle with yourself, which is hard to do, I think, because and I have this theory too, which I would, I'll share with you that I think okay, it, sure. it's I'm, like, <laughs> I'm excited for this. <laughs> it's not that interesting. Um, but I have a theory when, when I came into Islam and I, and I noticed a lot of judgment around how people practice mm -hmm. it's human behavior, it's, sure. it's human nature, but sure. it's very, very hard when you're, when you're going into a new world where you know nothing and you're doing everything wrong to then mm. just experience such harsh judgment. Sure. No, it might not even be directed at you. And, and one time I had this major crisis that Alhamdulillah, Mike Swice saved me from. But Mike Swice has saved many of us from many crises. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Mike. Um, but I had been reading online about this really, really harsh judgment of a particular 
person online that had done mm-hmm. something that they judged to be harsh. I mean, to be wrong and that just the, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think that's very hard where when you're entering a, a new religion, especially one such as this, and you are not totally comfortable in the gray areas, right? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. very comfortable in the Christian gray areas. I know I had a lot of comfort there. I was mm-hmm. grew up there. Mm-hmm. But when you, you're new, the, these kind of judgments are hard. They're hard mm-hmm. to take because you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, am I screwing this up? Or am I not screwing this up? Am I, is it okay mm-hmm. that I'm just, that I don't know how to pray in Arabic yet when you're beginning or whatever, sure, you know, so you sure. don't know. You're like, people mm-hmm. are like, absolutely not. You should have already had, you know, so you, you, mm-hmm. you don't know where you're kind of, you don't have a base. Right. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about this and thinking about how hard that is and how much mm-hmm. I dislike that when people mm-hmm. do that and kind of you know, feeling angry about that. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about when I became a mom, you know, and I was living in New York city at the time, which is mm-hmm. of course harsher. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are just the unsolicited, unsolicited advice on that. Right, right. Yeah. And, but and well, I love New York. By the way. <laughs> oh, I do too. I, I lived there for 15 years, but I, and I love it too, but um, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I, and I experienced so much of this sort of judgment. Right mm-hmm. from other mothers, especially mm-hmm. other mothers, other new mothers, or other experienced mothers, mm-hmm. so much judgment. To and it felt very similar to joining Islam when you're like, don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember realizing at some point, especially because I was a working mom, mm-hmm. a lot of stay at home moms. So you know, mm-hmm. there's that work of work from home mom, stay at home mom versus working mom. You know, it was a lot of mm-hmm. this. And you're like, gosh, am I, am I working? And you know, my kids are going to be screwed up because I'm choosing not to stay. You know, yeah, you don't sure. have necessarily maybe not the moral high ground there. So, so I remember really struggling, right? And mm-hmm. I realized at one point that these moms that are judgmental are judgmental because it's something so important to do well. Um, so everyone. What a beautiful, what a beautiful perspective i think i think that it the point is is that it's it's so important to be a good parent it's so important to raise your child in a way that's mm-hmm. best for them mm-hmm. that you dig into this position of what well, I'm, I'm doing it the right way right. and you're right. not doing it the right way and it's because you care so much about doing it right yes and yes. i think it's very similar from my experiences and i tried mm. to like step back and be empathetic and the fact that if you see judgment from other muslims it's because it's so important to them to please be pleasing to god to be doing their religion the right way they care so much about it that you have to keep that in mind when someone's judging you and telling you you're doing it all you're wrong. Doing this wrong and you know i remember once um you know i've been muslim for you know 21 years or something like that I don't want to give away too Not much, right? <laughs> you know, I don't give away too much, right? But you know, after some time, you grow weary of all of these silly kind of arguments. Where you come to regard them as silly. You know, when sure. does Ramadan start? When is when is the the day of celebration at the end of Ramadan? Can you wish someone a Merry Christmas? I'm so yeah, I'm tired you, of that after a few years. Yeah, can you wish someone <laughs> Christmas? Can you um, eat at Burger King mm. or not? And I just, I think I just grew just frustrated mm. with just the redundancy of these sure. arguments. And, but somebody said something to me that, that, that changed my perspective on that completely. He said, well, look at it this way. Muslims actually still care, care. enough about these issues to argue about them sure. because they want to do this right. Exactly. 
And that even though the arguments are a nuisance, it's like, oh, come on, man. I don't want to hear this I again. I feel like we've, we've, we've covered this. Yeah, I, yeah, I could yeah, be wrong, yeah, but I feel yeah, like I we, feel we like, covered this I last feel, year. I feel like we talked about this <laughs> last year, right? Um, it's still a sign of, of kind of the communal sincerity. And the earnestness and the which earnestness they practice and, and, and the which regard that they hold Islam and doing it right. Doing it right. You know, I was, I was listening to this interview once on NPR and get this, 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 this is just the, the, the people or the person featured in the interview. It got my attention. I'm like going through the channels <laughs> of the radio and it said, this was one of the first transgender professors teaching at a Jewish college. Hmm. Right. And they were talking to them asking about their you know experience and their perspective and how was it and something that they said that just really uh just stuck i mean i'm mentioning it now right so it, it clearly it stuck with me um they said you know my experience there has been mixed you know i've, I've had some negative experiences i've had some positive experiences but i do want to mention one positive experience they said uh for a lot of my students who are Jewish, the way they light the menorah, like the order they light it mm. in and the kind of the whole process around doing it, it matters. It matters. It matters to God and it matters to them in mm. their understanding. And then they said, if something like that matters, you don't have to tell them that they matter, oh. that their lives matter. Right. And that like life has a, a kind of, nobility and a kind of dignity and a kind of seriousness that 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 emanates from meaning yeah uh, and then they said uh, a lot of my students uh, at secular universities i spend a lot of time convincing them that their lives even matter that their lives are are, are more significant than just being law-abiding citizens and consumers mm. and cogs and professional sure. machines so sometimes it's like, yeah, those arguments get on my nerves, right. but it's like, it matters, you know, it matters. And it's like, okay, I mean, you guys still get on my nerves. Right, and sometimes, <laughs> and I think sometimes framing mm -hmm. it, reframing when you're looking at a challenge, right, helps. Mm -hmm. And I know mm -hmm. my, my daughter, my oldest daughter is just left for college and she, you know, she's, she's struggling, doesn't really want to go back, mm -hmm. you know, the, I think has questions about whether she's at the right school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said to her before she left, because I think I saw, I, I said this, mm -hmm. I was just telling them, I saw it in a religious program. It was, might've been you, might've been you. Chances <laughs> are, might've been you, but it's something along the lines of try to look at the challenges Mm -hmm. as an opportunity for um, success down the road. Uh, it, it's, it's more like, look what you've accomplished. You made it through something hard. So if you're, mm -hmm. if you're in a challenging time, mm -hmm. think about once you've made it through that, how this is actually going to be like mm -hmm. something you hold in high regard that you've gone through this you and you've succeeded. This. Right, so right. try to reframe it. Like, hey, this is your opportunity to conquer this hill, to conquer uh -huh. this mountain, because Absolutely. instead of like, oh, right? Like, let's just think how happy you'll be when you got through it, that Absolutely. you conquered that. And Absolutely. you're stronger for it that you'll do Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think about that, like in the context of like marriage and relationships, every argument you can successfully kind of get past mm -hmm. becomes something that strengthens the foundation potentially Absolutely. of the, of the relationship. Yeah. We got through that together. Yeah, yeah. We got through that we together. Conquered that together. We conquered that together. We still love each other. We're still together. Yeah. So that becomes a part of our foundation. Yes. People that don't experience any challenges, maybe the first argument they're like, 
this isn't going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know if we can get through this. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out. Right? But you don't have the context. You can't say, no. yeah, we've been through worse. We've been, we've been through yeah, worse. No, this is, I might be yeah. mad at you now, but I've gotten over it. Before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Monday, you know, yeah. <laughs> She loved me by Wednesday, you know. <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> she loved me by Wednesday. You know, it's good. And then just, you know, fin- finishing this this chapter, before we open to um, some questions, he ends, there's no salvation like the heart salvation. Mm. Given that all the limbs respond to the desire of the heart, right? So... Like for me, that suggests that, you know, uh, that hadith of the prophet, peace be upon him, truly in the body, there's a lump of flesh. There's a morsel of flesh. If it's sound and pure, the, all of the, of the body is sound and pure. But if it's corrupted uh, and it's ailing, then all of the body is ailing. All of the body is ill. And so it just kind of like was this, uh, it just reiterated that that point that by starting here, we're in the right place. We're in the right just, place. Right? I also feel like this book and this class in particular, when you guys decided to do it, I was so happy when I found out. I couldn't have been more excited because you can read through it, right? You can go through the class, you can mm-hmm. get through it, and then you can um, revisit it in a way. Sometimes you can even revisit it in um, a way that is in a particular, like maybe you're getting ready to donate money or something and you're like, ah, I'm struggling I'm or struggling. I'm struggling to, someone uh-huh. in your family asked you for money, I'm struggling. And <laughs> <laughs> Man, you read my mind. I'm going to reread this. Melissa, because I'm currently struggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it can be hard, right? These are, sure. these are tests for reason. And I think, you know, you go through, you can go literally it's like almost like a reference book right and mm-hmm. sometimes i'll be praying and i'll be struggling with something in particular and i'll mm-hmm. it'll occur to me when i'm praying making dua after i've, I've thrown my slaw i'll think I, I could read that chapter with this it's directly on point for whatever i'm struggling with i bet there's like a nugget in there that will sure. help me it's just like sure. okay let me read the guidance again sure let me just that help clearing clean out my heart it's almost like a little let's dust off that corner exactly exactly yeah cleaning it out so i think um i first want to just thank you for it was a thank you we could and jim i probably have school in the morning so she's like mom we gotta wrap this up we gotta get going right (laughs) um but this actually i couldn't have imagined a better kind of beginning for this kind of session when i was kind of telling um uh ali uh, about what I had in mind. This is exactly. Good. This is precisely sure. what I what I had in mind, and it it it. it I really hope that uh, this format uh, was as enjoyable for everybody watching as it was for me. If not, I had a good time. Uh, so, <laughs> and, 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 and as did I. So um, we do want to let them in on the fun, kick out Willie, and open the floor and see. You know, uh, are there any questions? Of course, tonight all questions will be. Directed to Ustada Melissa Westbrook, um, and uh, if 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 I can add anything to her responses, then I'll attempt to. Inshallah. It's uh, Gemma. Quick, ask an easy ask an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me go ahead over the floor. We just have one response, uh, and they said, "I hear you about saying uh, doing it right, but sometimes people can be too harsh and judgmental, and can turn people away from Islam." That's not something we want to do. 
and have to be kind and not harsh to people, especially new Muslims. Um, if anyone has any uh, more questions or response, please put them in the Q&A at the bottom. I'm, I'm so happy to address that question because that is, of course, mm -hmm. kind of why organizations like Talif exist, right? Because Talif mm -hmm. understands that you're not dealing with experts in the religion. You're dealing with people that are coming to the religion that are potential Muslims, right? Mm -hmm. That are potentially people that can mm -hmm. be benefited by this space. And I think that that that's why we need organizations like this and others, there's others that do it too, of course, that can be gentle. And I especially mm -hmm. saw this at our newcomers retreat this year. And especially when I was watching your presentation to the newcomers, because I was just like, this is, these are really vulnerable people, right? These mm -hmm. are people, mm -hmm. they're so excited about either they're going to convert or they found Islam, or maybe they won't convert, but they're excited about finding this. It's such a, it, it has, it has, you know, similar to the experience I had somehow touched their heart. Right. And mm -hmm. that's why they're here. That's why they're seeking it. That's why mm -hmm. they want to understand it. And mm -hmm. the questions they ask are so vulnerable. Right. It, mm -hmm. And, and in the wrong hands, could be a disaster for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was just in awe. I watch you, you know, I go to your class every week, not just here, but at DSE. And, and I saw you in a whole new light in the newcomers retreat, which is as a convert. Like I also, I forget, <laughs> right? I forget that you're I a convert. Yeah, you know, I got, I got, I, I, I didn't know that my street cred was in question. You know what I mean? It's definitely of course not. I'm a I just forget, I forget that you were ever a newbie, you know, like, the, oh, and, and very. to see that you had, you could absolutely understand and relate to these questions mm. that were being asked and to be kind and gentle with how you answered it. You know, you, if you, if some new, for example, person comes to you and says, really struggling with my prayer and you're like oh you mean you're not getting up in the middle of the night yet you're not well i mean shoot i mean you better get on that you know i'll get your five in get get up in the middle of the night i, I mean i i don't know if you're gonna make it here that that can be overwhelming and obviously people have been turned away and it's true we we need to all be respectful of that and also people returning to their religion too you know that it's not just newcomers but people that are have plenty of friends that re-engaged at Tetlif and other places and mm. you have to be gentle with them too you know mm -hmm. because they are starting over too you know yes. and I think it is important in these spaces to say hey you're gonna get there we're gonna we're gonna help you get there right God's gonna help you get there and also too I think sometimes when I when I see that kind of harshness that kind of judgmentality I think I'm disappointed that there isn't more just visceral compassion mm. Like, you know, if you see somebody struggling to, um, you know, bring the practice of Islam into their life, you know, at whatever level they're struggling, I don't know what kind of person can't, like, identify with that. Maybe, maybe what you're struggling with is that maybe this person is struggling to stop drinking and you're struggling to memorize the entire Quran. Right. But both of you are struggling. And neither of you knows which is going to be what's displeasing to God and what's not, what's you're not right. you, your, your memorization and falling short and then being harsh with someone might actually actually be worse. Right. You know? So it's like, I just, for me, it's like, you don't know what it is to be uh, in a place where you're, you're trying to, to, to strive for that kind of aspirational next spiritual rank, but there's something that's holding you. There's, I, you know, you're not able to, you know, I, I mean, I've been committing to memorizing the entire Quran 
every year for the last 20 years. <laughs> and, you know, that's been my New Year's resolution every year for the last 20 years. So, you know, if, if anybody knows anything about failure in this religion and getting and coming back, mm-hmm. I know something about that. So if somebody else is struggling with something that maybe is more foundational or more fundamental, but I can't identify with the struggle. Right. I, or appreciate the fact that the person is trying is and cares trying and is concerned and about. And, exactly. yeah. and like to actually go to that person in a way that demoralizes them. Yeah. You know, you should, if anyone does that, they should fear standing before God. Yeah. You know, you know one of my teachers, you know, he reminded me, um, he said, a lot of people think about like, you know, inviting people to Islam and calling to truth and all of that. And some of them even imagine themselves meeting God and then having this this group of people that they help to guide and all of that. He said, what about a group of people that you turned away? Mm -hmm. Unintentionally or intentionally from the path of truth by your harsh behavior or your judgmental statements or looking down your nose. Do you ever think about seeing those people when you face God? I was like, okay. Those are the people I think that... Mm -hmm that you focus on right it's Mm -hmm. like i i may have misspoken may have done something that was displeasing to you because i was Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. do what was pleasing to god or what Mm -hmm. have you and Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. reckless in some way i don't know Mm -hmm. you're human and you know i you you do have to answer for that i think yeah yeah no i I mean i i think you know there's a there's a a prayer in the quran that it's one of those prayers that it's there and i think muslims just kind of like gloss over it don't make us a trial mm-hmm. for people that don't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and if this is in the, the book of God. Don't make us a trial for people who don't believe. Mm-hmm. The interpretation of that verse is don't make us people that people who don't believe in Islam look at us and say, I never want to be that. Right. Right. Don't right. like God, don't humiliate us in that way that we would be a community that people would say, if that's Islam, yeah. no, not me. Mm-hmm. Keep it. And in many ways, um, you know, we, we, we should be very careful about becoming that, becoming that community. No, no question. Inshallah, yeah, yeah, sure. we, will, we will be gentle and kind and definitely help. Definitely. So I appreciate that, that comment. Yeah. I'm going to call Lori Lightfoot on you guys, man. Anthony Fauci. Oh, that's... So nice. They no, like the common uh, man approach, apparently. They like the person who doesn't know no, anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing. You know, I mean, but you say that, right? You say that. But one of the things that I think is not discussed a lot in our tradition is I really think Islam is about elevating the common man. Hmm. You know, right. and sometimes, especially in like traditional spaces, and you hear so much about the tradition and the shuyukh and the mashayikh and hmm. the I really think our tradition is about elevating the, the common man and the common experience. You know? I think so much about that passage in the Quran where um, the wealthy, when, when the Prophet Peace be him was, was trying so hard, and I think it was probably in Mecca, and the wealthy citizen said to him, but look at your followers. Like maybe if you had some better people, Instagram followers, know, I get on board, man. Like, 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 and, and, and you're, you're like, no, that's not actually 
it's not just for the wealthy. It's not just it's it's particularly not right. It's for it's really those are the people. Those are the. It's not. You know, I I remember once to that point. There was this uh, old documentary. It'd probably be hard to find this even online. (laughs) It was called Planet Islam. Oh, Planet Islam. This is like in the mid nineties. My God, I've been around that long. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you were, you know, middle school or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And you had this one um, preacher, and he was talking about Muslim communities. And I think he was talking particularly about African American Muslim communities. And he said, you know, uh, if you look at our congregation, meaning his congregation, it's filled with successful people, doctors lawyers, engineers, entrepreneurs, um, you know, professionals of every stripe, et cetera. And if you look at the Muslims, there's a lot of you know, ex-convicts, ex-offenders, <laughs> people getting off drugs, you know, stuff like that. And he mentioned this uh, in, in the way of like talking down on the Muslim mm. community. And I remember hearing that and thinking, what a dirt of prophetic knowledge. Because if you look at the prophets, all of them, the people attracted to the message sure. are the least of these. Right? Of course. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the disenfranchised, the, the downtrodden, the marginalized, the people that people regard as the common, the common man. Right? Just, just the, you know, the, that person. And I think that, um, you know, our tradition is about this. Mm. exchange conversation and what you can uh, learn from people that and what you can learn I still people. remember and I think this probably been five years and it was one of the few times that I it was one of the first times I should say that I came mm-hmm. to that leaf space and you were teaching the being Muslim monthly class mm. you stepped in for somebody I don't even know who it was mm. and I remember like writing like I didn't know who you were but I was like making a note because I mm. wanted to like look mm. up who you were because I thought it was so good but I still remember one of the things you said and I remember this regularly when you said and I don't know who said it to you or, or mm. what or maybe it was your experience but someone was going in to do some um prison um chaplaincy yeah. right and mm-hmm. Uh, they were complaining about being late. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry I'm late, but the traffic, you cannot believe yeah. how bad. And the person mm-hmm. said, brother, what I wouldn't give yeah. to be sitting, sitting in traffic, traffic on my way yeah. home. And I think yeah. about this all the time when I'm thinking about complaints mm-hmm. about being in traffic or whatnot and thinking I'm on my way home. You know, yeah. I'm on my way home. What do I have to complain yeah. about? Yeah, what do I have to complain about? Complain? And Beautiful. it's like, yeah, it, these are the things that you learn from people that are less privileged or less are having struggles in life, well, and or people can learn from our struggles, right? The, there are something to learn. Sometimes you can find in the creek things you don't find in the ocean. I mean, Amir, is that it? Uh, one person asks, please tell us the story about the ant and the rug, inshallah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's on you. Now, when, now, just FYI, that was never, I never told that story. <laughs> yes, you did. I swear you did. I did? I, I, I know okay. that. You, thank you, Amir. Do you, really? Do you want me to, do you want me to tell it? How, or are you... Or you don't, feel, it, you don't it, remember? It, it, it might be like, like something, the inspiration is coming at the moment because I don't remember. I'll tell it. I'm happy to tell it. I, I, reg, I regularly think about it. Mine will not be as eloquent as you would no, say, no, but no. You, you 
there's an ant who's who's crawling across an an uh an oriental carpet a beautiful oriental carpet mm -hmm. and he's walking through one of the colors and it's white and then two steps later it's blue and two steps later it's red and he's like who what is this is this a red carpet is it a blue is it white is it black? what is this carpet this is so stupid who designed what crazy person mm. what crazy person designed this mm. and then you zoom out and it's this beautiful pattern right mm. and so the concept is that we are the ants on the rug and we're like i don't like this particular thing uh. i don't like what i'm going through right now i don't like this white color right now on the carpet uh. in my life this problem in my life i don't like this uh. but when you zoom out god has a plan right god yes. is the designer of the carpet and we mm. are the ants and we need to trust what he has trust created, the design is right? The beauty of his creation trust and his the design plan. Is beautiful. Yes, Shall yes, yes. I think I, I, I think I prefer hers telling the view. I, I don't think I said it that eloquently. 100% you said it more eloquently. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I don't know. How much time do we have? Uh, we have about five, 10 minutes. Uh, it's been a hard couple of years and I've fallen out of practicing my faith. I wanted to get, I want to get back and I'm not sure where to start. Can you share some practical steps? Hmm. Well, practical steps to, to, to kind of getting back, you know, first, um, I appreciate that, that question. And, um, I'm I'm honored to have such a question directed to me. Um, I want the person to recognize that the fact that they feel the desire to get back, they've already been honored and elevated by God. Man. You know, we have to remember that, you know, uh, when it comes to like, you know, uh, material objects and things like that, God gives those things to people that he loves but he also gives those things to people that don't have that special love of his. But when it comes to an awareness of faith and a desire to walk in faith, God only gives that to those that are loved in a special way. All of creation is love, but we're talking a, a, a special love. And so I would say first, and this is not an answer that you hear all the time, recognizing what brought you to that feeling like what like what like what happened in your life that that brought you to that that place and then accentuating that it could have been spending time in nature it could have been you know deep reflection uh on the last couple of years it could have been right so it's like your heart is responding to a language. When you say, I feel like I, I feel like I need to change, there's some there's there's a communication happening. Something is happening there. I think the first thing you need to do is detect what, what's communicating with you already and, and continue going there and, and trying to extract more from whatever that is. After you do that, you want to begin with the prayer. Begin with the prayer. You know, begin with the prayer. You know, start trying to make the prayer as regularly as you can. Of course, you know, as Muslims, we have five compulsory ritual um, prayers. Trying to commit yourself to them as, you know, regularly and as wholeheartedly as you can. And then I would say trying to read from a little of the Quran. 
um, regularly. Could be a verse, could be two verses, could be um, a page. Whatever you can do, but make a regular practice of it. And not in a language that you don't speak. In a language you do speak. Find a, if you, if you speak English, find a translation that, you know, you like the style and the tone of, of the translation and try to read from it, you know, um, kind of regularly. And even though it's a very basic answer, I think those three steps, finding out what, what is speaking to your heart, right? Continuing to go there to that source because it's that which has taken you from maybe being heedless of your faith commitment to actually being conscious of your faith commitment, trying to re-energize your prayer, right? Trying to make your prayer regularly and just reading something from, um, you know, from the Quran. And then there's other things too. I mean, trying to be in the company of good people, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is being in the company of people, period, is hard now. Right, right. <laughs> you, know what I mean? being in the company you may not feel so good about the people that are in your house right now. You you being be, in the company of people, period, you might be tired of right those, now, but, those spaces. You know, when, when, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, trying to be, you know, in um, good company and attending gatherings, but, you know, continue what's working, pray, and try to read something from the Quran. Can like, I um, please, add to that? Please, I'm, please. I'm, Obviously, yours is. I hope this is not bad advice, um, mm. but I'll give you sort of the common man, <laughs> common no, no, sure. woman's. Um, I would say, you know, brother, you're already there. The fact that you are feeling mm. like you want to reconnect to God. Mm. I also think um, I learned here at Tatlif that uh, that it that iman ebbs and flows. Sometimes mm. we are on our game and we are so close to God, and sometimes we are like struggling mm, to get mm-hmm. the prayer in mm-hmm. or be nice to our kids, right? Like that yeah. we are struggling sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, I think that that that's okay. I, I believe there's hadith around that, that that's mm-hmm. expected. Expected, right? yeah. And and so when I have those times and you know we all do, if someone tells you mm-hmm. they don't have those times, there probably are some people that are always <laughs> great. I, I struggle. And um, when I am struggling, and I, because I don't, I don't beat myself up about it because I did learn that it's, it's okay to mm. feel a little distanced mm. and disconnected. I say, I make dua after my prayer and I say, you know, I might've just forced myself to go into this prayer, right? Like, just mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. just do it. And then I do it. And then I think I, I make this prayer to God. I say, Allah, my Iman is so low. Please mm-hmm. help me, help mm. me. And mm. it's always worked. Uh, alhamdulillah, it's always worked. And mm. I think, you know, I think you're going to the person that you love and care about, but you feel some distance from and asking mm. for help. You're showing like your sincerity <sighs> to get the wind beneath your wings again. Right. Mm. And, and it has, alhamdulillah, has worked mm. for me. Like I, yeah. I'm so grateful it has because mm. I feel terrible when I'm, when my mom's low and it is low, it, it can be low. And then you, you know, it could be anything. Mm. Right. And you're just like, I, I don't feel good when my mom's low. I don't feel good when I'm, struggling to pray. I don't feel good when I'm crabby. I don't feel good when I'm not, you know, being, you know, following the Sunnah as well as I should be. I'm not, you know, I'm not, mm. I'm not appreciating. I'm not being grateful. I'm not, whatever it is that you're doing at the time. You're kind of crabby about praying, whatever. You're like, man, I'm not on my game. Yes. Mm. That's, you know, that's a beautiful answer. You know, <laughs> thank you. It's, it's, it's like, what's, what place should I start? You were saying, start with Allah. 
going to God. You know, start with, you know, it's like start with Allah. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that, that, that is the place to start. And perhaps for us, that is the place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a couple more. What's that? We have a couple more. So uh, one person in response said, thank you, you, thank you both for the forum. Uh, it is very uh, beneficial. Really enjoyed this. Mashallah, this forum is uh, really showing the human, uh, humanistic side of Islam uh, and the way of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, may Allah bless you both. Um, the next question that we have is, uh, is there a simple basic kind of rule slash principle that can sum up the whole of purification of the heart? Tall order, I know, uh, something one can cling to. Uh, tune in next week, you know. <laughs> Every week, and then at the end. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I think the, 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 the basic principle, which of course has to be unpacked and, and, and you know, explicated upon, uh, et cetera, is, you know, try to be conscious of God wherever you are. You know, this is a tradition of the prophet. And if you do something wrong, follow it by doing something good and be good to people. Be an asset to the communities that you're a part of professionally, residentially, in your family, you know, be treat people well that that's the whole of it you know try to be conscious of god wherever you are if you do something wrong follow it by doing something good um and treat people well especially now i think sometimes i'm so frustrated when someone's doing something dumb these days but then i think everyone's so fragile like this is mm. you have to be you have to forgive basically everything at this point. Yeah. You have to be like, you know what? We're all crazy right now yeah, from being stuck inside. And yeah. <laughs> that wasn't logical what you did. And that's it. We're fragile. I'm going to just, I'm going to move on past it. We're going to get past it. Yeah. Right? So, that's so a good place to, to end. And, uh, One more. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's <laughs> trying to get out of here? What? <laughs> well, it's, not the, it's only 901. So you're good. One more. I don't want to. I don't want anyone to feel bad that the question didn't get answered. I want to be respectful of all of the participants. Bring it on. Uh, I wanted to know if both panelists could share some books they have used in their early years or early journey to Islam. Uh, there's a book called Islam: Religion of Life. Mm. It was by uh, author named Shelaby. Right. Named Shelaby. Um, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was released years ago on a, a I think a defunct uh, publishing house called Starlatch. But I think it, I thought it was just a really good introductory work, you know, on Islam. And I, and I personally like the use of Ali translation of the Quran. I know now, you know, there's been so many other translations that people say are technically more accurate. And, but there's something I think very beautiful about use of Ali's translation that I. That I really like. Mm. For me, definitely was this book was mm. a big turning point. And then two of my friends, whom you know, um, really kindly purchased me a set, purchased for me a set of beautiful hadith. Mm. And I started making a practice of 
reading um, the Quran for a few minutes before I go to bed and when I wake up and reading mm-hmm. one or two, the Hadith are fairly, you know, like they're fairly short, but mm-hmm. so I read, you know, if I'm tired, I'm, I'm, I still commit, like I'm going to read one. I don't care how dark it is. And I have really like really benefited and sometimes mm-hmm. gotten pretty scared over some of the stuff <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're supposed to do that too. Not be doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I feel like those two things. And then I, you know, when I very first started, which really wasn't all that long ago, I really, really watched a lot of YouTube videos, Talif and others that yes. that's how I sort of learned the heart of it, of Islam, right? So mm-hmm. I think if you find a video that you know is legitimate and it's a good source mm-hmm. and it speaks to you and it like makes your heart sing, I think mm-hmm. I will continue doing that because that that draws you into more discovery of like maybe yes. getting a little bit more formal education on certain mm-hmm. things but mm-hmm. that i think it i think it starts with the heart yes and i think it speaks to you like i remember when mike swise was like trying to convince me to go to the newcomers retreat i wasn't out muslim yet and mm-hmm. i wasn't not willing to convert and i was fighting it right and mm-hmm. so he said i want you to go to the retreat and i was like absolutely not i'm not muslim i don't plan to be muslim i'm not mm-hmm. going and he's like i know where your heart is mm-hmm. i know where your heart is mm-hmm. I don't care that you haven't converted. I know where your heart is. And it's mm-hmm. true. Like my heart had already gone ahead. Right. Wow, really? My head wow. was like, how am I going to stop doing this? How am I going to stop doing that? How am sure. I going to pray five times? How am I going to, what am, sure. how am I going to sure. do this? Sure. And he's like, don't put that aside. Right. Sure. Follow sure. your heart. Sure. And I think for me, if there is, you know, sometimes people like certain, certain, um, ministers online and those people speak to them and i think go with whoever speaks to you so that you know you yep. start like expanding your heart and your connection to yes. islam through your heart right yes yes for me that yes. that's how, how it went beautiful okay thank you so much before you uh and before you end with you uh thank you everyone that is still on the zoom uh, may Allah bless you. Uh, we ask that you keep our beloved uh, board member, uh, Melissa Westbrook, in, uh, in your prayers. We ask that you also keep our beloved uh, teacher, um, Sheikh uh, Obedullah Evans, also uh, in your prayers, as well as their families. Uh, if For more information on Talif and upcoming programs, we do ask that you visit Talif Collectives dot org slash events inshallah I ask Sheikh Hubertla Evans to lead us with dua. In the name of God the beneficent the merciful we ask that um, you know this this program and this platform be a benefit to all those who are tuning in um, and uh, I ask that Allah would, would, would elevate and, and raise in every way Sister Melissa and Gemma and Cooper and all of her family. And I pray the same for my own family and the families of all of our uh, attendees and, and those watching. And we pray that uh, this will be a great source of benefit for us. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'lifcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.